Listening to the flip side with Noah Filipiak, connecting the reality of the gospel to the grit of life. You can support the podcast at patreon.com slash Noah Filipiak or at noahfilipiak.com slash give. What up, y'all? What up, flip upon am I? Welcome to episode 49 of the flip side podcast. Now, listen, I don't know. <laughs> If he's listening right now. But last episode, episode 48, my friend Sam, Samuel Jones. I interviewed Sam and Tova Jones last episode on marriage and singleness. Check it out. So Sam, Sam, listen to the episode. And then he was talking to me and he goes, man, what what was that? What was that flip a pot of my you're talking about at the beginning? He 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 said I thought you were talking about pot to your your listeners when you said that. And I said, "Sam, Sam, uh get your mind out of the pot gutter and no, no, flip a pot am I? You know, if you if you're a, an if you watch Wild Kratts like my kids do, uh, you you know, and if you if you know you know the the large mammal hippopotamus, it's who I've I've read I think I think I learned from my daughter is the most dangerous animal to humans outside of a mosquito. Mosquitoes kill the most humans in a, a given year, and I think hippopotamus might be second. I, I you, it's unofficial allegedly. Don't quote that. But the plural of let's say octopus is octopi which is super cool i don't and, and i don't really know what the plural of hippopotamus is is it is it hippopotami i don't think it is but it should be and if you know anything about the flip side particularly noah's rant we try to set things right about how they should be so the the flip side nation Outside of of Daniel and Seth, who choose to be a part of the flipped off, the rest of the flip side listeners, whether they know it or not, or want to or not, are flip upon a my. Each of you is a flip upon a us, which which is a listener of the flip side. So flip upon a my, Sam. It's just the plural. It's li- it's plural listeners. We don't have a lot of listeners on the flip side, but we do have more than one. I do know that. There is a plural amount of listeners on the flip side. So therefore, flip upon a my are the listeners. And I'm very thankful to each of you. I'm very thankful to those of you that make up the plural flip upon a my out there. Thank you for listening. Got a lot of stuff to get through, to go over. Fun, exciting stuff. Uh, before we jump into the topic of the day. So, big, big news, big news. I've been holding this uh, in private circles for quite a while now. It's finally public. Uh, it's not social media public yet, just because I haven't posted yet, because I don't have enough details done in concrete yet, but it, it's podcast official now. I, I, I made this announcement this last week at our young adult ministry, and now the uh, rest of my staff knows as well. Most of my immediate staff, uh, 
co-workers have known for quite a while. But check it out. I am in the beginning stages of planting a new inner city church in the city of Grand Rapids, where I'm currently located. It will be a multi-ethnic inner city church that focuses on urban community development, specifically components with starting new businesses and housing, helping people, particularly people of color, living in the inner city, and we'll get into this in future episodes, but helping them become homeowners. So big, big stuff going on. Along with this, I have teamed up with a collection, collective. The word collective is a great word. I, I, You see it used all the time. Anything called a collective, you go, wow, that's cool. A collective. I want to be a part of that. So we don't officially use the word collective, but I, I, I kind of want to use it here just because it's the flip side and I can. A collective of urban multi-ethnic pastors in Grand Rapids. And I, a collective together, <laughs> we, we are starting a separate nonprofit called New Humanity, which comes from Ephesians 2, 14 to 16. Check it out. And it is a church planting network. It is a church planting network that specifically only will plant multi-ethnic churches in urban core cities I'm not sure if that's redundant or not. The urban core of cities with these churches doing urban community development. So much more to come on that. Don't have all the details. I don't have a name yet. I don't have a website yet. I, I will be reaching out just via the podcast as I do my fundraising. If you're interested, I will be fundraising my salary like a missionary would for three years. I will also be fundraising for a staff, a diverse multi-ethnic staff to start the church with that I will be fundraising for for a three-year period as well. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. You can follow my social medias at Noah Philippiak. And you can listen to the podcast, and I will give you updates as they come. But that is big news. And also, honestly, it really shifts. We talk about Patreon on here before. There are There is overhead to doing this podcast. I do have expenses to doing the podcast, and Patreon helps cover those expenses. Now, Patreon will also be a way you can support me in my career vocation. So as I pastor this church plant, it will be in a part-time capacity. The reason is, one of the reasons is, it is hard for an inner city church to ever support a full-time pastor's salary because of the demographic of being in the inner city. But in addition to that, as I mentioned, I will also be hiring a diverse multi-ethnic staff. We will probably all be part-time to some capacity. But me doing this podcast is going to be part of my career vocation. So if you give to Patreon, this is no longer supplemental income. This is no longer uh, what some would call a side gig or another fun, cool word like collective, a side hustle. Uh, this is... Uh, part of my primary career income now. Uh, your Patreon gift will free me up 
to continue to do the podcast as part of my career, and it will free me up to be able to pastor an inner city church and not need or require a full-time salary from that congregation. So if you'd like to give on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash Noah Philippiak. Patreon is designed for small monthly gifts, a few dollars, a few bucks a month. I have a cool setup where you get to pick out your own flip side swag. If you want to see what a flipopotami, I guess I should say a flipopotamus looks like, uh, we have mugs. We have uh, not journals for that. The journals are a little more serious, but we have mugs and water bottles, etc., that will tell you, uh, show you an official flip eponymous. So there's cool stuff on there. There's serious sort of spiritual sacred uh, swag you can get. There's also the goofy stuff because that's what Flipside is. It's a mix of the serious and sacred and the goofy. So thanks for listening uh, to me kind of go through that update with you. I, I hope you're excited about it. As a listener, I, I love you. Thank you for listening. I, I really feel your support. When I see those download numbers and I get emails from you, I go, man, this is cool. Podcasting is, it's, it's impacting people's lives. It's bringing people closer to Jesus. I, I love it. I love you. And I'm very thankful and grateful for each of you. Uh, the email for the show if you want to be on my prayer email team for the church plant uh, and the and the church planting network, I'm just just organizing a prayer team. People that want to pray, that want to get updates about what they can be praying for, shoot me an email: podcast at beyondthebattle.net. That is podcast at beyondthebattle.net, and let me know that you want to be on that prayer email list, and I will add you to that prayer email list. So boom, it's a big year. 2021 is a big year of change. I'm working now on the church plant. I'm working on the church planting network while still working in my job as a young adult pastor at Ada Bible Church. And, and Ada Bible has been awesome. They've been super supportive, super encouraging. The kingdom hearts of, of, of my supervisors and bosses and teammates and staff and, and the young adults that I've shared the news with has been so, so cool, so encouraging. So I am employed there until August 31st, but I have their blessing to work on uh, these, these, new, these new ministries uh, while still employed at Ada Bible, which is, which is fantastic. But I'm working on this stuff, uh, and then I go, whoa, it's already the middle of May. My book, Beyond the Battle, comes out July 13th. That's in two months. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, th that's only a few podcast episodes away. So uh, I won't get, go long into it because I just shared a lot about this life update of planting the church and doing new humanity, the network. But the new book, it's updated. It's heavily expanded. It's heavily improved. So if you've read the old book, you're going to want to read the new book. I took the two years I had of leading online groups, the beyondthebattle.net groups I talked to you about, 
and guys' real lives, real stories, my real life, my real story of, of struggling in different ways and guys struggling in different ways and the book not really addressing those struggles and God honestly just taking me to deeper and deeper places when it comes to the learning the freedom, learning where that freedom is found in all the multitude of facets of ways that Satan comes at us when it comes to sexual temptation, sexual sin, sexual desires, the longings, the discontentment, the discontentment with singleness, with marriage, uh, many, many divorced people out there as well that have gone through my small groups. And so for real, for real, as a listener of the podcast, uh, you, you, you know, I, I, I th- I'm thankful for you. I think you will love the book. I would ask that you'd pre-order a copy now. Go to Amazon, pre-order a copy. I would ask particularly as the release date gets closer, but sure, start now. Share the Amazon link on social media and, and tell your friends, tell your, your network uh, why they should pick up a copy of Beyond the Battle. That would mean the world to me. Speaking of Beyond the Battle, today's topic that we're going to get to here in a moment is about sex. And so as as you hear me talk about sex, it's a it's a teaching that I did recently with our young adult ministry. In our young adult ministry, we we pause a couple times for discussion questions. Those have been edited out, so you, you there will be no pause, but just so you know that that's how we format our teaching. But if you're drawn into this teaching, if you connect with it, if you go, "Yeah, yeah, this is speaking to me. I need more of this teaching in my life." Beyond the battle is for you. It is written to men. Uh, women have read it and have told me positive things about it. So so they've asked me, can I read it? Sure, you can read it. But obviously, it's a book for men as the subtitle, A Man's Guide to His Identity in Christ in an Over-Sexualized World uh, Indicates. But this, this teaching today is to men and to women. And honestly, I don't think you can talk about sex too much in church Oh my goodness, it's not talked about nearly enough in church in general, right? It is such a huge issue for almost everyone. Almost everyone. I think there's very few demographics where where sex is not a primary issue. I I mean, oh my goodness, in so many facets, in so many ways. Sex, relationships, dating, marriage, lust, uh, fantasy, contentment. And even if sex really isn't your issue, I'm sure there's an there's some sort of addiction issue you have or there's some sort of longing you have, some place that leads you into fantasy where you're not content with what Jesus has already given you. It's like it's not enough or what Jesus has given you feels like a consolation prize. This message is for you too. This book is for you too because that's ultimately where it takes us no matter what your actual issue is. A few more things, and then we will we will jump in. Uh, next episode, episode. F- well, let, no, no. Let me let me let me say this today. Okay, today because I'm talking about Noah's rant now. Drinking my angry brew. Do you guys hate it when I slurp my angry brew? I would hate that if I was you. I've I've slurped it a few times into the microphone just to annoy you. Uh, just to annoy my mother, who sometimes listens, I'm going to not slurp into the the microphone, but I want you to know the Angry Brew is in hand right now. The Angry Brew is being drank and ingested right now. A uh, quick moment of silence, not for a death, but for me to drink some Angry Brew. One moment. There it is. Didn't slurp. 
out of respect for you, my listener, because because I respect you and I love you. And that's how I show my love for you. So Noah's Rant, sponsored by Angry Brew. Angry Brew is coffee made by Five Lakes. It has twice the caffeine as normal coffee. And if you go to angrybrew.com, you can pick up a bag of Angry Brew or fivelakes.com, a bag of Chris's Blend, which sometimes I drink as well on the show and tell you about. You get 10% off if you use the promo code FLIP. Why would you want to do that? Well, one, you will get delicious coffee. Two, you're supporting me. So yeah, even if you can get it cheaper somewhere else, you're supporting the flip side. So Angry Brew is a sponsor. They send money to the flip side, just like I talked about before with Patreon. When you use the promo code, they see it and they go, oh, oh maybe we should keep keep doing that sponsorship. When they don't see that promo code, they go, oh, maybe we should stop doing that sponsorship. So pick up a bag of Angry Brew, Chris's Blend, much appreciated. Angry Brew, no, Noah's Rant, brought to you by Angry Brew. I can't talk. Noah's Rant today is going to get me in trouble. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Just a teaser. It's coming after the teaching on sex. Uh, and, uh, you, you know, oh, the awkward transition always from the, from the main topic into Noah's rant, but I started coaching. I'm an assistant coach on my, my third grade daughter's softball team. And we had our first two games this week and I can't wait to tell you about it. Oh my goodness. Fantastic. It's not really a rant. I'm not upset. I'm not angry. It's just, it's funny. I don't know if the rant will be funny. That's up to you to decide. But what I observed is funny, and I want to tell you about it. And it's it's just too silly to put in this intro section. So that's what's coming up. Speaking of Noah's rant, this is episode 49. Do you know what comes after 49? 50. Episode number 50 of The Flip Side is coming up next episode. That's crazy. That's fantastic. 50 episodes of The Flip Side. I don't even know how many years that is because I didn't look, and I should, but I didn't. It's a long time of doing The Flip Side. We have a very, very special episode for episode 50. Some of you are going to love this. Some of you are going to hate this. There will be half as many downloads on this episode. It's going to be awesome. We are taking... Every Noah's rant that has ever existed between episodes one and episode 49, so including today, we are editing them out, we are plucking them out from their original episode, and we are giving you one solid episode of only Noah's rant. Episode 50 on the flip side will be Noah's rant, Noah's rant, Noah's rant, Noah's rant, Noah's rant. There's a ton of them. I don't have the exact number yet. There's, it's not 50, because I haven't done one every time, but it's north of 30, I'm fairly confident it's north of 30. It is plenty of Noah's rants. I can't wait for the episode. I can't wait to get your feedback. I really want to know which ones you think are legitimately funny, if any of them, and which ones of them were terrible. Some of them were terrible. Some of them at the end, I said, that was terrible. I'm sorry that I made you listen to that. It's going to be fantastic. That's episode 50. Episode 51, and then we'll jump in uh, to the teaching on the topic of sex for today. But episode 51, the episode after the Noah's Rant episode, it's going to be a fantastic episode interviewing Terrence Lester. He is the author of When We Stand, The Power of Seeking Justice Together. And I would highly recommend you do some homework. Read up 
before episode 51. Pick up a copy of When We Stand, The Power of Seeking Justice Together. Flows really well into what I just announced that I'm doing next in my vocational ministry career, planting the inner city church, starting the network, focusing on community development of housing and starting jobs. Uh, but this book covers it all. It's the, the big and the small ways that you can make a difference when it comes to seeking justice together as followers of Jesus. So that's episode 51. Make a note. Pick up a copy. It's available now, When We Stand by Terrence Lester. Without further ado, let's jump into this teaching on sex. I hope that this teaching draws you closer to Jesus. I hope that it it shows you that there's freedom is possible from whatever your struggles are. So listen in. And again, if this message connects with you, pick up a copy of Beyond the Battle. All right. Well, thank you. And I am losing my, starting to lose my voice, which is always great timing when you're preaching. So bear with me uh, if I have to go to my water often. But uh, whenever I talk about sex, uh, so this week I'm going to talk kind of in general about sex. It's sort of a part two to Brad's talk last week. And then next week we'll talk specifically about pornography. And whenever I talk about either of these subjects, I always like to just share a little bit about my story. Uh, and kind of how I got into talking about this, uh, this subject. Um, so for today, I'll kind of start at my wedding day. So I'm so old and I've been married so long that colored photography didn't even exist uh, when I got married, right? So uh, I've been married, seven, it'll be 17 years this June. I was 21 years old when I got married. My wife was 22. So we were fresh out of undergrad. Uh, and, you know, in this photo, uh, we look like the perfect couple. We look like the perfect happy couple, the perfect happy Christian couple. And so my question is, how did this perfect happy Christian couple, uh, about three years into our marriage, I wanted a divorce. About three years into our marriage, uh, I was, I, uh, my wife and I were both virgins when we got married. And uh, I, I went to public high school and I was always a real light for my faith. I was always, you know, um, telling my friends about Jesus and I wasn't living the party lifestyle and those sorts of things. And three years into my marriage, I was now 24. Uh, we lived in Lansing and in the greater Lansing area as Michigan State University. I was actually senior pastoring. I had planted a church. And uh, as a senior pastor, 24 years old, uh, in the Michigan State sort of culture at large, uh, multiple things had happened in the first three years of our marriage where I was for the, in a very dark moment in my life and was considering that all my friends in high school, uh, they had it right and I had it wrong about sex. I was considering uh, leaving my wife and going to live a promiscuous lifestyle. I was looking around at the women around uh, the Michigan State campus and uh, they sure seemed interested in sex and some even interested in me and it didn't feel that way in my marriage. Uh, I went into my marriage with a lot of entitlement. Uh, I went into my marriage uh, with a lot of unrealistic expectations. And ultimately, I went into my marriage looking to my wife to give me things that only Jesus can give me. And, and you might use different words for this. Uh, for me, what I was looking for my wife to give me was a deep sense of approval, a deep sense of value, validation, uh, and a deep sense of acceptance. And I think uh, 
Many of us look to sex to give us those things. Many of us look to uh, relationships uh, to give us those things. And, and no, no human being can ever give us those things. I've been married 17 years now. And as, as my wife and I reflect back, not just on those first three years of marriage, but I don't know, maybe the first half of our marriage, I'm not, I'm not proud to say it. I don't think I knew what love was. Uh, I, I, I loved my wife the best I knew what love was, if you follow me. I loved my wife. It wasn't like I was faking it. I loved her the best that I knew what love was, but I don't think I really knew what love was. Love was something that I, where I always got something in return. Um, it's easy to love someone when there's butterflies and uh, there, there's always a kickback feeling in return. And my love for my wife, it uh, more often than not in that first really half of our marriage, it was about what will I get uh, in return. And that's a pretty messed up system and it's not actually what love is. And we're going to talk more about that uh, today. So before we break for our first discussion questions, I want you to consider how I can stand here today as a 38-year-old, not 21 uh, anymore, and as someone who's been married almost uh, 17 years, and say that my marriage is stronger now than it's ever been, and I love my wife now uh, more than I ever have. And so uh, with that, as you kind of picture that and think about that, and that by no means uh, means that our marriage is perfect by, by any means, uh, nor has it been an easy road at any point. Uh, but first, let's pause, and I want you to get to know the people at your tables a little better. And trust me, all of our discussion questions, please believe me, I picked questions. I'm not asking you to share your deepest, darkest secrets at your table. I realize you're sitting sometimes with total strangers. We j- just want to get you to start to think at a deeper level um, about culture culture at large when it comes to this subject. So talk about these two questions. Um, Where do we hear the message that sex will fulfill our need for acceptance, approval, and value? So those are just the words I used in my life. Maybe you have other synonym or similar words to that, but where do we hear that message that sex is going to fulfill those needs and, and you'll have arrived at that point? And then number two, what type of unrealistic expectations do Christian singles put on marriage? So we're going to give you five minutes with a timer on the screen, and then we'll circle back up here. Go ahead. All right. If you could wrap up your discussion and face this way again in a few more minutes, we'll give you another chance to circle up at your tables uh, to talk a little bit more. Uh, So whenever we talk about sex in the Bible, you know, you the standard line in church is, Uh, save sex until marriage. And I think it's really, really important that we talk about the why, the why behind why churches say to save sex until marriage. And so that's really what I want to focus on during this middle part of the teaching. Um, There's one passage of scripture. It's really interesting. We find it in Genesis 2, 24, which is in the creation story in the Bible. This is before sin entered into the world. And the text says, That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. What's really interesting about this verse, I don't know if it's the most quoted verse in all of the Bible, but I know that whenever sex is talked about in the Bible, in the New Testament, by Jesus or by Paul, they always go back to this verse. So in Matthew 19 and Mark 10, they're parallel passages Jesus is talking about divorce, and he quotes this verse. He says, man, a man and a woman have become one flesh. What God has joined together, let nobody separate. The next one, 1 Corinthians 6, 
Paul is giving his probably most expansive teaching on sex in 1 Corinthians 6. And he says, if a man has sex with a prostitute, they've become one flesh. And it, it, it certainly isn't only talking about prostitution. He's talking about any sex outside of marriage. He says that's when one flesh happens. So if you ever hear a pastor at a wedding say that at this wedding ceremony, this bride and this groom are becoming one flesh, that's actually not true, according to Paul. He says this one flesh thing that we're gonna talk about happens when two people have sex. And then Ephesians 5.31, Paul's talking about Jesus and the church and the metaphor he uses for the union of Jesus and the church is sex. And he again quotes this passage. So here's what I wanna do. I'm gonna leave this scripture up on the screen. And as we talk about one flesh, I want us as a group to talk about what makes a person a person. And I'll explain what I mean by that. So when the Bible says that two are becoming one, it's saying one person is joining with another person to become one. So whenever we talk about the why behind this, it's important that we know what a person is. Every one of you is a person. I am a person. Are people simple beings or complex beings? We may have a sibling or so that you think might be a little simpler than most, but we are complex beings, right? So this might take a while to catch on to, but shout out some answers to what is it that makes you a person different than your dog, your cat? What is it that makes a person a person? What is unique about a person? Give me me some answers to put up down here. Free, free thought, I heard. It is hard to hear with that heater thing on. So if other people can relay it up here. I heard free thought. I think I heard creative thinking. Creative? Feelings? I can't hear you. Two legs? Two legs? <laughs> All right. Okay. I mean, don't monkeys have two legs? <laughs> Let's put this, I will give you this, theologians in the room, our body is a part of what makes us a person. Not the only thing though. We'll go, self-awareness, okay. Now I want you to go another layer deeper. So um, tell me about yourself. Uh, Tell me about the complexities of the people that you are closest with in life, your closest friends, maybe you're dating someone. What is it that makes somebody complex? Maybe it's your roommate. Give me some complexities about people. Personality. Personality? Okay, good. Personality. Emotions. Yeah, that's a big one, right? Your upbringing. Good. Purpose. Yeah. Attitude. Oh yeah, opinions. That never got anybody in trouble, right? No relational conflict ever around opinions. Good. Uh, Let's let's see if we can fill up this side over here. Spirit, spiritual. Yeah, yeah, totally. So we're spiritual beings. Um, Who here is good at something? Okay. Just like three of you, okay? 
We got some work to do. Um, who, here is, who here is bad at something? Like, okay, what's wrong with, come on, we, we need some better theology around here. Okay, I'm going to add, um, I'm going to add strengths and weaknesses up here, because um, I think that's, that's part of what makes us a person. Um, tell me about uh, some of the quirks that your, your, your housemates have. Quirks. Huh? Leaving on lights. So wait, I'm gonna, we're going to do a whole list here to finish this out of just quirks. For those of you that need group therapy, uh, this is your chance, okay? So even if your roommate's sitting next to you, just say it in like a general way, and maybe they'll pick, it up, pick up the hint, okay? So quirks, um, leaving on lights. What are some other quirks that really bother you? Hold on, hold on. What was a shower one? Oh, come on. Hair in the shower, right? Using your stuff? Okay. I heard one here that I missed. Messy. Messy, yeah. I am so messy. Oh, my goodness. I just got a text from my wife before I came up on how messy our house is and how embarrassed she is because, like, one of our little girl's friends came over. This is me right here. She would have a long list of my... Give me a few more, few more quirks. <laughs> Nobody is specific, though. Okay. All right. Just in general, right? Absolutely. That's a very general quirk, Sam. I agree. Picking off your eyeliner. Mascara. Oh, mascara. Okay. Good. Okay. Anyone have any one more they got to get off their chest? Coffee addiction and one more. I missed it. Okay. All right, coffee and not doing the dishes. Okay, we have, a good, um, we have a good outline of what makes a person a person. Uh, for the most part, your cat or dog don't do these things, you know, for the, for the most part. Okay, so this is what makes a person a person. Now, when the Bible talks about one flesh uh, for sex, one, one of the, I'm a visual person, uh, so we got some Play-Doh here that I stole from my kids. And who knows the uh, cardinal rules of Play-Doh? Okay, so some passion in the room about Play-Doh. I like that. I like your passion. What, what are the cardinal rules? Don't eat it. Yeah, it looks like you could eat it, but you really, it's salty, but it's not good. It doesn't, it's not good. Don't eat it. It doesn't, doesn't come out good. Uh, what else is the cardinal rules of Play-Doh? Okay, don't mix it. Yeah, yeah, we're going to come back. to Any other ones? Don't, I said, don't leave them out because your parent, you pay for this stuff and your kids leave them out and it turns into rocks. Not as fun. Don't mix what? Yeah, don't mix colors, right? Okay, so here's the deal. When you mix two colors of Play-Doh, you got yellow here and you got blue here. What happens is when you, you start to mix the two colors, and this takes a while, so... Uh, you know those cooking shows where they, they put all the ingredients together and then you go to commercial and it's like, bing! Okay, watch, check this out. You mix it together. Bam! Look at that! <laughs> Turns green. Um, for real, though, um, I just mixed these up earlier because it takes a few minutes. Uh, this uh, green Play-Doh is very different than the, than the yellow and the blue, which I still have a little bit over here. Let me show you. So... Um, Yellow Play-Doh, blue Play-Doh, and it turns green. 
Uh, if I were to ask a volunteer, uh, and I won't do this because it's impossible. If I said, Misty, take this Play-Doh and I want you to uh, separate it out. I want it back like I had it before. I want, the, I want you to put the yellow in one hand and the blue in the other. And I toss it to her and I'll give you a hundred bucks if you could do it. Uh, could she do that? No, because the yellow and the blue have become one. They become one flesh, okay? So uh, this is the thing about Play-Doh. The yellow... And the blue, this is each of us. We're people. And each of us have all of these things about us. Whether we want to admit it or not, uh, this is what makes us up as a person. We're very different than the animals. And each of us has free thought and we're creative. We do have a body, self-awareness, personality, emotions. We have an upbringing, purpose, attitude, opinions. We're spiritual, strengths, weaknesses, and a whole litany of quirks that make us up. So when the Bible says that sex is a flesh joining another flesh, becoming one flesh, what it's saying is sex is the thing where you take all of a person, one flesh, and you join it with all of another person. That is why marriage is the covenant relationship that says this, I will support you, not you, sorry, but that woman you saw on the screen a few slides ago. I will support you, my wife, Jen, all of her free thought, all of her creativity, all of her self-awareness, all of her emotions, even all of her opinions even the ones that are wrong. <laughs> I will support her in her opinions, all of her strengths, all of her weaknesses, and all of her quirks. And trust me, I could, after 17 years, I could leave a long list of quirks here because we've become one flesh. On our wedding day, we made a vow. And within that vow, we said we would have each other and hold each other through better or worse, through sickness and health, through richer or poorer, through whatever came our way, no matter what. And within all of this, we are supporting one another's bodies. We are supporting one another sexually because marriage is the place that can handle all of this stuff into one. But our world doesn't believe this about sex. Our world, our culture believes that you can take yourself as a person and just take off a little bit of yourself, okay? Let's say that this little bit represents your body and the rest of this represents all the rest of you. Our culture says you can just take off a little bit of yourself, your body, and we'll just have those two little pieces become you know, that little one flesh thing, have sex, have pleasure, come together, but the rest of you will remain over here unscathed. And honestly, if you reflect on your life, if you reflect potentially on your parents' lives, on loved ones' lives, on people in the news' lives, you know that that is not how sex works. You know that you bring more than your body into a sexual relationship. And God knows that you bring more than your body into a sexual relationship. Our culture, our world wants us to think that if this whole paper represented our body, we can just maybe tear off a little bit, have sex with this person, leave it, 
and then move on to the next person. That it's just a physical act. That the purpose of sex is just pleasure. Okay? So, pop culture trivia, because you know me, I'm, I'm way big on my pop culture. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Uh, but do you know who this is? Oh, we have, we have an Adam Levine fan in the house. Come on, you know who this is. More than just one person knows who Adam Levine is. Thank you. I won't even say, I won't even embarrass our Adam Levine uh, fan club here in the front. Okay, Adam Levine. Uh, 2013, I realize some of you were in middle school. Uh, he was voted sexiest man alive by People Magazine. So, so Adam Levine here stands as the, the pinnacle of, of sexiness. He's the one that, we, that is going to, and, and he's lead singer of Maroon 5, which have plenty of songs about sex. So he's very comfortable giving advice about sex. So here's God's design for sex. God's design for sex is that all of you right here, comes together with all of another person to become one flesh. What that means is I will support you through all of who you are, all of who you are. On your worst days, I'm still gonna support you. The marriage covenant guarantees that I'm going to support you. Here's what Adam Levine says about sex. Now, it was hard to find a picture of this dude with a shirt on, first of all. Uh, That was a problem on Google Images. But this dude does not look like the sexiest man alive in this picture. Uh, This is a screenshot from his music video called Animals. He looks super creepy uh, in that picture, like, I'm Adam Levine, and I'm really creepy. I have blood all over me, and I'm really sexy. But you're really not. You look stupid. Okay, here's what he says in this song. He says, baby, I'm praying on you tonight. Now, this is crazy because he's not talking about praying for you. That's not a typo. He's talking about being a sexual predator. He's talking about being a predator, a sexual predator. In most circles of life, that's not smiled upon, right? You you can go to jail for a long time for being being a sexual predator. But Adam Levine, Sexiest Man Alive, says it's okay. He says, baby, I'm praying on you tonight. Hunt you down. Eat you alive. Just like animals. Later in song, he says, but don't deny the animal that comes alive when I'm inside of you. Oh, could you be, you know, a little more detailed there, Adam? Thank you. Uh, You can't deny the beast inside. The song by Maroon 5 is called Animals. And I'm not trying to throw good old Adam under the bus here. It's not like he's the only one saying this. He's a mirror of our entire culture that's saying this. Uh, Back in 2014, this was a Billboard top hit song. It was on the radio all the time. Our world's definition of sex is pleasure only. Selfish consumption of another human being, almost no matter the cost, almost no matter what. I, I can find another human. I can take their body. I can have it. I can consume it like an animal and I can move on to the next person. Have you ever seen two animals have sex? It's gross. I am so thankful that that is not God's design for sex, okay? It's not what God designed. The world's sex is about pleasure. God's sex is about personhood. When you see this, what makes a person a person? It's about personhood. You all have it. 
And as a person, you are filled with dignity. You are filled with worth. And God designed sex and marriage to be something that upholds all of your dignity and all of your worth. Before we jump back to discussing at your tables, here's a quick quote from a a good book about sex. It's called Mere Sexuality by Todd Wilson. And he says, in the biblical vision, sex is a blessing. So he's talking about sex being a blessing. And he just talked about pleasure as well. Pleasure is a part of that blessing. But he says, sex is a blessing, not because of the pleasure it brings, but because of the purpose it serves. Check this out. To unite lives and to create life to unite two lives and to create life. And in my second half of my marriage, it has been so cool to see how God has used sex in my marriage where the the body becomes less and less important and the life, the person becomes more and more important. And we're gonna talk about that a bit more next week when I talk about pornography. How, how we aren't to take our desire for objectification and just funnel it onto our spouse, but we're to get rid of the whole mindset of objectification. That people aren't objects, women aren't objects, men aren't objects, your current or future spouse is not an object. I love this picture of God's design for sex that it unites lives and it creates life. So at your tables, Uh, here's a couple of discussion questions for you. What are the negative results of the animal objectification mindset, both on a personal level and across culture? And by personal, I don't mean you need to share personally. I mean, on an individual person's life, if they're practicing the animal or objectification mindset, what are some negative results? And then across culture, as you look at our society, What are the negative results you see from the animal objectification mindset? And then question number two, what are the positive results of God's, I'm calling it the whole person design, this one whole person supporting another whole person as one flesh? On a personal individual level, what are the positive results? And then across culture, what do you see as the legacy, the positive result of this design? And let me just say this before I break. This 100% applies to singles. This 100% applies to celibacy. This 100% applies to virgins. And the reason is, and, and and I want you to flesh it out at your table, but I want you to understand that within the negative results you talk about, there's a lot of single people wrapped up in that, isn't there? And in the positive Results that you talk about, there's a lot of single people wrapped up in there as well. So make sure you include that as you answer these questions. So take five minutes at your table for these questions, and then I'll be back. All right. Um, Welcome back. We're just going to take a few minutes to uh, wrap things up. Uh, Before we do that, I am curious. uh, Let me put those questions back up there, Um, hopefully without the timer. I'll, I'll figure it out. Nope. Adam, you got to help me out. We don't need the timer. I just want you to be able to see the questions. I wanted to get a little bit of, um, uh, there they are. I I just want to hear from you uh, nice and loud. Um, 
I'd love to hear some of your answers to these questions. So I think every table is probably a little bit different. Um, what were some of the negative results that you talked about of that animal objectification mindset? You start viewing yourself as the object. You start yourself as the object. Yeah, and, and think about that. We're creating the image of God, and we're going to get to that here in a moment as, as we close. Like, you have this incredible value that God has given you, and then it starts to make you, like image of God is here, and you start to see yourself here. Yeah, that's huge. What else? Insecurities. Is that what it, yeah, insecurities. Huge insecurities that come from this mindset. What else? Safety due to lack of self-control. Safety due to lack of self-control. That's huge. We're going to talk about that as we close, about community and how seeing God's design for sex, whether you're single, married, it doesn't matter, uh, it makes you a safe person to be in community with because you're not seeing other people as objects anymore and you become safe to be in community with. That's, that's huge. What are some other negative results of this mindset? Abuse, that's huge. Yeah, that's huge. They go, it goes hand in hand. Our culture wants the best of both worlds, right? Our culture wants to say, you know, abuse is bad, but man, crank up the porn and the music and the movies and all this mindset of objectification. It's like, that's the engine that feeds this, right? For sure. Yeah, there's so much stuff we could cover here. I mean, you could talk about abortion. You can talk about uh, the broken hearts. You can, you can talk about the scars that we all carry around with us within this room if, if that, that we talk about. You can talk about children, uh, and, and, and this affects us, right? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying any of this in a shame-based way. This affects my life, your life. Um, children being raised without both of their parents and, and what that does across cultures and just, it, it unravels so quickly. This is about way more than just like one marriage and, you know, across a culture it unravels quickly. Let's go the other direction now. What are the positive results? And sometimes the positive result is just the, the opposite of the negative, which is okay. We can celebrate that. Let's, let's shout out some of the positive results that you talked about at your table when you see God's whole person design uh, in an individual's life or across culture. Holds man accountable. Holds man accountable. So we, can, we, we, we have accountability. We can do this together. That's huge. What else? What are some positive results? Better relationships overall, without the drama, without the baggage. Yeah, that's huge. What else? Has anyone seen this played out well in a, in a, in a marriage? There's trust. That's huge. There's unity. That's huge. Stable homes is huge. Raising kids up to develop, what was it? Healthy relationships, Healthy relationships in their future. You're modeling this to the next generation. That's huge. So I, I want you to get a little glimpse of the macro and the micro of why this is so important. Because here's the thing, uh, the world's view of sex, Satan's view of sex, it's always going to seem easier. The instant gratification, I, I'm, not up here I'm not up here telling you, oh, like, 
that, 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 that doesn't feel good or there's not, a, there's not a rush that goes away. It's like doing drugs. I mean, the reason people do drugs is because drugs work. You know, I mean, that, 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 that's why people myself included, we're getting involved in things like, like pornography and we're, and we're very, you know, the, the allure of, of, of sex outside of marriage, it's, it's huge because it gives you a fix. It gives you something. And we have to take a step back and go, okay, what is this doing to me? What is this doing to other people? And what is this doing across, uh, across our, our culture? So uh, what I want to say a couple things before we close is one, uh, we all carry sexual brokenness around with us. Every single one of us here carries sexual brokenness around with us. And, and, and so it's tough in a room like this, uh, as I talk about this stuff, and I know it brings up, it brings up bad memories, um, it brings up trauma, and, and you might be thinking about stuff that you did in your past. You might be thinking about stuff you didn't do in your past. And, and I want you to know that your sexual history or lack of sexual history does not determine your identity. It does not determine your identity. It does not determine your worth. I want you to come back next week and we're gonna talk a lot more about this in detail. But you are a beloved son or daughter of God. God the Father loves you so much. You are his daughter. You are his son, like literally his son, literally his daughter. We're going to unpack that more next week, but that is who you are. That is your identity when we put our faith in Jesus. When we put our faith in Jesus, that's the identity we get. That's what grace gives us. And, and whatever you did in your past, just like Sarah said earlier, his mercies are new every morning. And, and I want to close tonight with his mercy. I want to close with his grace. And the point of this message is not to look backwards in your life. The point of this message is to propel you forward. It's to give you a why behind being propelled forward. A why, not just for saving sex until marriage, but also the why behind seeing every man, every woman, not as an object, but as a whole person. Uh, there's a, a line that was made famous by uh, the Tom Cruise movie, Jerry Maguire. And uh, they, they, they look in each other's eyes and they say, you complete me. And uh, I, I, I'm standing here to tell you that that is a lie. <laughs> um, no man or woman can complete you. The man or woman of your dreams will not complete you. My wife did not complete me and it almost wrecked me. I want you to know that um, two half people, two broken people, if you put them together, don't make a whole person. I want you to know that Jesus can make you whole and he wants to make you whole. And even if you've been walking with Jesus a long time, he, he, he wants to take you to deeper layers of his love uh, to experience that wholeness. I want you to know you can be single, you can be celibate, and you can be whole. Jesus is a pretty good example of that. <laughs> Paul is a pretty good example of that. Can you imagine if someone went up to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, I know you got this whole cool, like, God thing going on, uh, Messiah, whatever, but you, you really could use a girlfriend, you know? That would really kind of up your game, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you're kind of here, I might get you right here. <laughs> like, that's just ridiculous to think about, right? He modeled that for us to show us, and we'll talk about this more next week, but the things we're looking for from sex, the things we're looking for from relationships, I mean, we can find that in Jesus, we can find that in community. We can find that with friendships 
And, and, and if you're single, and, and I know we're going to be hitting on this more in our final week as well, if, if you're single, know that that is okay. Know that that doesn't make you any any less or any more than somebody that's married. And I'm so thankful that I've been able to discover that in these later years of my marriage, the wholeness that I have in Jesus. Um, and, and, and finally, as we were talking about earlier, you can go deeper into community when you're not objectifying others. You can go deeper into community when you're not objectifying yourself. You can go deeper into community because other people don't look to you like a threat anymore. I, I, they, they can trust you at those deep places, even across genders, right? We can, we can have deeper relationships in community when we're not looking to each other as objects. And, and, and it, this is all about knowing the dignity and value that you have as a beloved son and beloved daughter. And it's about knowing the dignity and value that all men and all women have. And um, we're gonna end with this slide. Uh, Brad talked about this last week and we'll probably end just each week with this. Um, this topic, trust me, I'm gonna talk about next week, um, my addiction to pornography. Uh, it's not something you can just hear a sermon and go, okay, porn's bad, thanks, uh, check that off the list and I won't, you know, I'm out of here, right? done deal. That's not how this stuff works. This stuff is very interconnected into who we are. We're very deep, complex people. And it's a lifetime journey, men and women, to learn not to objectify other men and other women. It's a lifetime journey. We just want to invite you uh, onto that journey. So we have a resource uh, here at Union, and I'd like everybody to pull out their phone uh, for real, for real. Just pull your phone out. Um, you don't have to do this, uh, but I want you to pull your phone out and just open up uh, your texting app. And um, I'd like everybody to text this, and you don't have to do anything with it. I just want everyone to feel comfortable doing it, okay? So everybody, uh, we, we're switching the game plan. Don't, don't send a silly gift to your friend like we did last week. Um, we just want you to do this. And if everybody does it, then the, the people that um, would want to do it but are kind of scared, they're going to do it too. So text the words um, A to Union Next to the number 313131. 31 31. It'll send you back a little form. It's short and you'll fill it out. And on that, we can connect you with, uh, if you desire, you'll check boxes. You can get checked uh, with a mentor. You can get connected to one-on-one uh, -on -one coffee. You could talk to somebody on our leadership team. You could talk to Brad, myself, Sarah, uh, and, and, and we, we could get you connected with a counselor. Uh, there's all kinds of resources that we have. We don't want you to do this alone. And one of Satan's biggest lies is, oh yeah, you just heard that sermon on sex. You're good now. Uh, no, you, you got to enter into this in community. You got to talk about this. This has got to be something that you're not walking alone in. So uh, I want to close with this on the screen. Uh, I think you've had enough time, everyone, to, to text in Ada Union next to 313131. 31. Uh, we'll just leave that on the screen while I close in prayer. If anybody else still needs it, uh, let me pray for you. And then um, we'll be all set for the night. God, thank you so much that we can, we can talk about sex. And in that, there's, there's depths of, of pain and trauma and even guilt and shame in this room that I, that I don't know about and I can't even begin uh, to go to those places. But I know, Jesus, that you can and you do and you already have, that you can go to any of those places with anyone here. And I pray for your healing, Jesus. I pray for your healing to your daughters. I pray for your healing to your sons. 
I pray for your healing on our brokenness and on our, our souls that, that, that we see ourselves as objects or we see others as objects and, and we see sex as pleasure only and we don't see whole people and, and the whole waiting till marriage thing seems crazy or too hard or whatever it might be. I pray for your healing. I pray that your love would be experienced tonight, Jesus, that, that your voice would speak to your children and it would, it would remind us that we are yours. It would remind us that we are loved. It would remind us that we are your children and you love us and that we don't have to do this alone. Thank you for union. Thank you for all the leaders here and the staff who are here saying you don't have to do this alone. And Lord, I, I, I pray against any fear in this room, any fear of taking that step, any fear of filling out the form from the Ada Union next, fear of that next step of having that next conversation. I pray you would, you would eliminate all fear and replace it with courage and boldness and men and women saying, I've had enough and I'm ready for freedom and I'm ready for healing and I'm gonna take the step. So if anybody needs to take that step, do it now. Um, do it now. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us. We give these things to you. Amen. All right, we are back to the podcast. Thanks again for hanging in there, listening to that teaching on sex. If that's a teaching that connects with you, pick up a copy, pre-order a copy of Beyond the Battle, uh, my book coming out July 13th. For more uh, that you'll find a lot deeper goes uh, but along the lines of the teaching that you just heard. And as always, you can email me, podcast at beyondthebattle.net. Uh, if there's areas in the areas of sex uh, you, that you just are like, hey, I'm, I'm alone right now in this. I don't have anyone to talk to. I've never shared this with anybody. I'm struggling. I have questions. Uh, shoot me an email. I'm not, I don't have, I'm not an answer man. I don't have answers. There's not a silver bullet to every, every question, but I'd love to walk with you for, for a time and, 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 and help, help you, uh, you know, just help you be there with you and let you know that you're not alone and that there's hope and there's other people who are dealing with uh, similar things that you're dealing with. You're not alone. Satan's biggest lie is to tell you you are alone. And that's just not true. There's a lot of followers of Jesus who are struggling with the same stuff you're struggling with and coming alongside of them or them coming alongside of you is a, is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So thanks again for listening. Now, um, this is the time of the show right here. This is it. Boom, ba-boom, 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 boom, boom. This is the transition. This is the disclaimer. This is the warning. Uh, I should have warning bells going off. Maybe we'll do that for the next the next 50 episodes, some warning bells. Uh, alert, red alert. Noah's rant is about to begin. So what this means is if if you are a listener who 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 really likes spiritual conversation, if you're a listener who likes to grow in your faith, if you're a listener who, you know, you're, you would call yourself mature, uh, educated, um, well-rounded, well-balanced, uh, if those things apply to you, you, you want to stop listening right now. There's a little, usually uh, you, if you're already playing your episode, whatever device you're on, there's a, it looks like the number 11. It's a pause button. Just push that right now. Push it and it'll stop, it'll end, you won't hear my voice anymore. That's what you want to do. Because what's going to happen next is Noah's rant, and it's, it's utter ridiculousness. It will make you less intelligent. Uh, it's, it's, uh, 
is not something that if you go on listening, it is completely your fault. I'm telling you that now. Don't blame me. Don't email me. Don't say that that was dumb and I'm less intelligent now. Of course, I just told you that's what's going to happen. So, so stop listening now. Uh, if if you continue listen, uh, you're you you sign the waiver. It's not you. Don't come talking to me. Uh, talk to yourself. Talk to yourself. Maybe you need an accountability partner who can help you stop listening uh, to Noah's rant. But. Uh, here we go. So without without further ado, episode 49, presented by Angry Brew, I present to you, that's a rhyme, maybe I should be a rapper like K-Lake. <laughs> Kyle, thank you, my brother, if you're listening, shaking his head. No, we've tried, that, that's not going to happen. Noah's rant. <laughs> Noah's rant. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So I told you, I told you, I'm, I'm, I'm assistant coaching my my third graders softball team, and and we had our first game. So we practiced for a couple couple months. And look, let, let me tell you right now, this is a little different of a Noah's rant. I'm not ranting against anybody. I'm not, I'm not ranting against anybody. Just, just, I'm not ranting against girls. I'm not ranting against softball. I'm not ranting against third graders. But this is fun. This was funny. This is my, my daughter's never played softball before, and uh, you know we, we we some of these other girls never played softball before. It's great. It's fun. It's fun to teach them. I love coaching. Uh, it's great. I've never coached anything before, and I, it's fun. And I, I I told my daughter if she played, I would coach because she wasn't going to play. She was scared. I said if you play, I'll coach. Bam, I'm coaching. All right, so we got our first game. And we drive away. I'm going to leave everybody anonymous here. <laughs> well, I don't want you to know, you know, details about about this this experience. But I'm we we go out to our first game, and in our league, we we live kind of out in the in the rural small town area. So so you don't play all your games in the same place, uh, just because there's not enough population. So you you travel to the other little you know kind of rural towns around and and you play you play those those you know those teams towns cities uh, the what is it called teams those those towns teams so 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 here's the deal I pull up and I'm first of all I, I'm what you would call I'm what you would call a hydrated person so I'm I I all day long I'm drinking coffee and water shout out to angry brew uh I, I'm drinking coffee and water pretty much all day uh, you know, so so I, I'm a hydrated person so hydration is healthy you got to be hydrated drink a lot of water and yet, so so as a result, if you know your biology, if you know your science, if you're a smart individual, you know, uh, you know that that will lead me to the bathroom a lot, all the time. You know, it's just because I'm I'm a very well hydrated, healthy, healthy person. I exercise a lot. You got to drink a lot of water. Boom. So I pull in, and I don't know where the field is because this is an, an away game. Don't know where the field is. There's a field. It's not our field. I don't know where the other field is. So I go to the concession stand. I go, hey, oh, hey, where's our field? You know, field number whatever. And they go, oh, it's way over there. They point way way far away it's it's there's a field behind the field that you can't even see it's really really far away and I go okay okay fantastic long walk my first thought is I gotta pee I gotta pee right now uh, and I ask them at the concession is there a bathroom over there like a porta john something help a brother out right no none the only one is right there at the concession stand I'm going whoo okay okay whoever designed uh this establishment was not a well hydrated person that person uh they need to drink more water gatorade angry brew uh they 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 need some liquid in their life because because whoever designed that uh, obviously just never has to go to the bathroom so i'm going okay i'm gonna do it uh I, I i'm gonna coach i'm gonna go to the bathroom before the game go to the bathroom 
and then we we take the long the long hike uh, over to the game. Uh, get out, get out into my my coaching spot. First inning, boom! Have to go to the bathroom right away. No, there's no you can't you can't go in the woods when you're you're coaching a third grade softball team. Just not recommended. Uh, the flip side does not recommend that that behavior. So, so okay, no water for me. No water. I'm 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 loud. You know, even even now I was I need to start coughing because because I, I get into it on the on the flip side. Noah's rant. As you know, as you know, I leave it all on the field. So I'm coaching, leaving it all on the field because I'm on the field. And I'm like, okay, no water, no drinking, no nothing. Can't drink anything because, man, I got to go now. And it's it's only it's only inning one. So I'm coaching. And I'm telling you, so this is kid pitch. This is the first, this is the first year that they do kid pitch. In our league, it has all kinds of crazy rules, like fun, different rules because they're trying to teach girls how to play. And... So they change things, and you know you, you you wouldn't normally expect. So so one of the rules is once a pitcher pitches four balls in normal baseball or softball, you would you would walk a ball being not a strike ball, a bad pitch. You get four of those. You you walk to first base. Well, in this league, which is cool, no uh, no no problem with this rule at all. Uh, the coach comes and pitches. After four balls, they don't get a walk because they figure you'd be walking every girl, every batter, and so the coach pitches to that girl, right? Great. So, I'm, so uh, you know, you know how many times, you know how many times uh, the coach came out to pitch every time, <laughs> every time, pretty much. So the girl pitching on the other team would. So our girl pitching. Uh, you know, she wasn't throwing many strikes. That's okay. They're learning. They don't know. But it was up there. It was close. It bounced near the plate, etc. The girl on the other team, I'm telling you. So she's pitching. Our girls are batting. I'm the first base coach. She's literally rolling the ball up there. I mean, she's going through the whole motion. and But she's rolling. I would say three out of four pitches, maybe four out of five pitches, she's rolling the ball up there. And I'm going, yo, Look, I get it. She's learning how to pitch, but she's rolling the ball. The ball's rolling to the plate three out of four pitches, and I'm looking at this other team, this coach, and I'm going, Coach, is that all you got? Because you got you got 10 girls on your team, and are you telling me that you did a pitch off and this girl who rolls the ball is the best thing you got? You don't have anybody who can who can who can who can <laughs> who can deliver the ball not like like bowling. This was bowling the the ball up there. Okay, so this is my first experience with it. And then there's this rule that when the coach pitches, so when the kid is pitching, you can strike out. Kid can strike out <clears throat> against a kid pitcher. So if that rolling ball just is really enticing and you want to swing at a ball rolling up to you, you could swing three times and you know you could get called out. But when the coach comes in and pitches, uh, there's a rule that you cannot strike out. Like, oh, that's nice. It you know makes him put the ball in play. Yeah, it's good for for the girls that can hit the ball. There's girls, no offense, no I mean no worries. You're 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 beautiful. You're you're loved by God. You're loved by me. You're a beloved individual. But there's girls who can't hit a ball. They just don't know how. They just don't. They just can't hit a ball, which is fine. No problem. I mean, who cares? You're going to you're not going to be a professional softball player when you grow up. You're going to have a career of maybe a family. You know, big deal. Like that's that doesn't matter if you can hit a ball or not. I don't care. But I do kind of care when I'm when I'm sitting out there, uh, in the in in the in the field, and 
uh, w- when when our girls are on defense, uh, I'm in the field as a coach. The coach can not 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 play the field, but you're out there helping your girls know where to go. So legit, we got girls up there. Uh, Ten strikes. You know, I get it. I get it that you don't want their feelings to get hurt. Three strikes and you're out. But could you cap it maybe at maybe at five strikes, eight strikes, ten strikes? There 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 is a point where where we may be there an hour if if. <laughs> If someone, I'm telling you, I'm getting in trouble. I'm feeling it now as I deliver the nose around. I'm going, oh, you shouldn't do it. No, you should. But I have to. I have to for my own, my own. This is a therapy session for me. This is what this is. This. So as as I as I coach, so you can you you, you can you can turn it off. I, I need to keep going. Okay. So so what I love too about the rules, I'm reading the rules because I'm a coach. I got to know the rules, right? And so there's this fantastic rule, my favorite rule, when the coach comes in to pitch. So if a kid gets beaned with a ball, they go to first base. They get hit. Bean. Why do we call it bean? It's just a baseball word. We have funny words for in baseball. If you get hit with a ball as a batter, you go to first base. But there's this rule specifically says in the rules, when the coach comes in to pitch, if a coach hits a, their own batter, you're pitching to your own girls. If a coach hits their own batter with a ball, she does not get to go to first base. I don't know if anybody else thinks that's hilarious that they had to make a rule about that, that that there's a coach out there try, literally trying to hit their own girls. Man, we really need base runners. We got bases loaded, runner on third. We really need this run. Got it. Get up there, little Susie. Uh, close your eyes and get, make sure you're wearing a helmet. And they plonk, clonk, plunk, a, plunk their girl in the back. And, every, and they cheer, yes, we scored that winning run that we needed. Get down to first base. I don't care if your back hurts and you can't walk because you're in third grade and I just beamed you with the enormous softball, which isn't soft at all. Whoever named, whoever named softball softball is probably the same person that uh, created those jackets with no sleeves or, or Honeycrisp apples. <laughs> It's not soft. Trying to teach my girls, my daughters, both of them, third and first grade, how to how to catch a softball. Are you kidding me? It's like child abuse. I've beaten them in the face so many times. They hated it. They're, this is the worst game ever. We hate this. this. You're throwing a rock at my face. They don't know how to catch. There's literally these tiny little girls just getting pummeled with a with a softball. Don't worry. Don't worry, little girl. It's soft. Like a feathery pillow. Yeah, a feathery pillow that'll take your... Knock your eyeball out. It's not soft, just for the record. Okay, so got to study the rules, and I thought that rule was, was hilarious. So the the, the first game, the, the umpires, oh, my goodness, bless their hearts. Bless these little umpires' hearts. The field umpire, so there's two teenage boys uh, for our first game. And uh, you know, anonymous, no, no biggie, nobody know, nobody. It's all good. Oh, it's all good. So this, this, you know, they're probably listening. I mean, most of the population listens. So the flip side, so cool. If they're listening, they know I'm not outing them. Nobody knows, but but at least they can listen now to Noah's rant, like Noah's rant does. It makes the world a better place. They'll they'll learn how to be a better umpire now, which is better, better for the world, better for for all the future games. Okay, so I'm the first base, you know, umpire, and the field umpire is right next to me, legit right next to me so we got our first girl on base and we have all these weird rules one of them is you know when the girl can lead off when when can they lead off the base get off the base so the rule i'm pretty sure is the ball has to cross the plate or it has to be in the catcher's mitt or something before they can sort of lead off before they can get off the base so i asked the umpire this you know sweet little teenage guy 
Hey, man. Uh, my... When can she? When can she lead off? When is she allowed to come off the base? He just looks at me and goes, "I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm sorry. I don't know." I'm like, no, no worries, bro. It's a weird rule, right? You don't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all good. So, a uh, li- little bit later in the game, maybe in the next inning, uh, I, I'm trying to figure out how many outs there are. I turn to the umpire. Now, umpires, if you've never umpired, you probably haven't. I umpired when I was uh, growing up a little bit. You get a little clicker. It's a little thing in your hand. It's beauty. You can you keep track of balls, strikes, outs. It's got these three little wheels on it. That's that's really your only job, out, especially in the field. Field umpire is so easy compared to the behind the plate. So, field umpire, turn to him and go, what's up? What's up, little buddy? Uh how many outs are there? He goes, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how many outs there are. I'm like, are you ki- What? What are you doing? You're coaching a third grade girls, third, third, fourth, and fifth grade girls softball game. You, what are you? What else are you doing? You don't even know how many outs there are. So, fantastic! It was a fantastic umpire. Uh, it was fantastic, fantastic. So, uh, we had our second game. We crushed that first. Uh, team, by the way. Oh, man. 10 nothing. We run-ruled them. You get up by 10, game over. Uh, or an hour and a half. Bless uh, the hearts of those who made that rule. Bless those hearts. Because, let me tell you, whew, hour and a half of this drama, it's about anyone can, it's about all anybody can handle. So, we crush them. 10 nothing. Whoa. Right. Yeah. Mopping the floor with this other team. Look, it's anonymous. Nobody, it's okay. Nobody knows who they are. It's it's good. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Okay, so the next game, total opposite. These girls, these girls are professionals. These girls, uh, their coach. Oh my goodness, she she's an all star. She got she got all this fancy softball gear. These fancy, you know, when you go to Dick's Sporting Goods and they have all this apparatus you can buy for training, and it's like five hundred bucks for this funky, you know, elastic bat looking deal with the ball at the end of it and she's got her kids hitting this thing and man they're 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 these kids are these kids are ready for the major leagues they're ready for the olympics and yeah i know they took a softball out of the olympics what gives with that that's lame bring it back bring a softball back baby because I'm, I'm getting ready to be an olympic coach that's 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 my I'm, I'm climbing up the ladder climbing the ladder see all right so this this team isn't joking around you can tell they, they came to play they got these super intimidating cheers they're like tick 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 dynamite who's dynamite we're dynamite bang 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 ba, boom 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 cha 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 Susie is dynamite ba, bang bang ba, bang ba, bang didn't it's it's like whoa these girls it's like a cheerleading squad they they're professional cheerleaders every every girl that's up's got her own cheer and and I I'm a little intimidated I'm out here going man these girls these girls are intense these girls are serious business about about softball and let me tell you they kicked our butts. It was nine nothing at one point. I'm thinking, oh no, we get we won ten nothing, and now it's it's poetic justice. Now the 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 uh, pride comes before a fall, you know. Well, we came back. We came back nine to four. Nine to four. We came back. We were on the upswing, uh, and but but then the hour and a half came. The hour and a half, uh, uh, tragically, mercifully, uh, put the game to an end. So that's been my softball experience. For for my my first two games uh, in my career, my what will be a long a long career as an assistant coach of softball. So 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 that that concludes Noah's rant. I, it's a little different of a rant. I'll give that to you. I I promise you, I'm not really ranting. I'm not upset. I'm not sad. Uh, but come on, that stuff. 
I hope you laughed at some of those things. I didn't do those things justice. Some of it's because today's Friday. The first game was Monday. If I had had time in my week to hop on the podcast during the game, now that would have been legit. Play-by-play at the game, podcast with the mic, gear out, the 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 live baseball radio announcer, that that would have been, you that would have put you there. But Noah's Rant did its best. Noah's Rant, it's a humble attempt to make the world a better place. Some, some, some episodes are more humble than others. This one, a little humble, a little humble, a little humble, because I know it's a sensitive subject. I know, I know that 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 some of you will never listen again, and and I and I pray that you, for your your forgiveness uh, and your mercy as we make the world a better place together. But there it is. Now, now, now. The, now those umpires know the rules, which is really good. And trust me, I was great. I was not. I didn't go into Noah's rant form. I didn't do a Lou Pinella where I where I where I threw my hat on the ground and kicked dirt on home plate and screamed in the umpire's face, cursing uh, the day they were born. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I just lovingly gave them a Jesus smile, a Jesus chuckle. And uh, you know it's all good. It's all good. The world is good. I, I, uh, you know, I, I, I like. I, I want to be one of those well balanced people that turns the podcast off before getting to Noah's rant. That is my goal in life, and and I believe I took a step closer to that. But those of you still listening, you gotta, you definitely gotta work on that still, because I mean, you listened. So, what did that say? What does that say about you? Especially after that warning. Speaking of that, I mean, this concludes episode forty nine. Next episode, episode 50. If you listen to episode 50, you need serious help. You're going to listen to an entire ep- podcast episode only of Noah's Rant? That's that's crazy. That's insane. I hope you do. I hope you hang out. Subscribe to the podcast. And remember, I am interviewing Terrence Lester, author of When We Stand on episode 51. Check out... Patreon.com the slash flip Noah side with Noah Filipiak is a South Come on, outro. production. Copyright Noah Filipiak. www.noahfilipiak.com. Theme music by Kyle Lake at K Lake Music. Used with permission. Please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or wherever podcasts are found. All right, I didn't time that up well, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, check out Patreon.com slash Noah Filipiak. If you want to support the show, support my church planting endeavors, it would mean the world to me. I will see you next time on the flip side. My living quarters, close them when I'm finished. It is time to bring me closer. There's no purgatory because you're in or you're out. When you see them in the clouds, you know it's going down. Raise them, raise them, raise them. They've been sleeping for some ages. Now all God's babies so confused by this hatred. Pulpit preachers shouldn't aim to be A-list. Money probably long, but short is with your days. Have you ever heard the sound of freedom? Freedom, freedom, freedom? Have you ever heard the sound of freedom? Freedom,
Freedom, freedom, freedom coming quickly. Bars from the spirit. Put it through the preamp and mix it like a chemist. Put it in the airwaves and hoping that they hear it. If there's some confusion, then I hope you see him clearly. Raise them, raise them, raise them. They've been sleeping for some ages. Now all God's babies so confused by this hatred. Poor pit preachers shouldn't aim to be A-list. Money probably long, but sure is what your days is.